another Geek Out episode of the Atomic Kingdom podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is a cavalcade, a smorgasbord, a a flock of seagulls type <laughs> group of people. Uh, I ran out of words. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Jenny's here. Hello. And Tom is also here. Greetings, my minions. <laughs> wow. All right. Johnny is also here. Hi. And joining us from the Two Broke Geeks podcast is Justin. Howdy. All right. So there's lots to talk about. So let's just talk about it all. It. All of it. All. All of it? All of it. Very Shatner of you right there. Very Shatner. That's what I was going for. Um, Very briefly, since I just saw it, I know Justin's seen it. I think Johnny has seen it. I don't think Tom or Jenny has, but... I would like to talk about the post credit scene from X-Men Apocalypse. <clears throat> There's no real spoilers. Yep. There's no real spoilers here. Um, they do a scene in the movie, which I thought was extremely shoehorned in and didn't need to be there whatsoever. But because we got to have Wolverine in every single X-Men movie, let's <laughs> do this one scene that makes no sense to the whole movie. <laughs> so they do this because scene. money. Right, right. Because we got Hugh Jackman for at least two more films. Uh, they do a scene with Weapon X, Wolverine's origin story, yet again, and we get to see him escape Weapon X, and this post-credit scene, they go back to the Weapon X facility, and there's some suited men walking through uh, the facility where all the dead bodies are, and a lot of blood, and they steal uh, an X-ray, a blood sample marked Weapon X, and they put it in a briefcase labeled Essex Corporation. Now, the only reason I'm bringing this up right now is because someone from Twitter asked us what that meant, and they didn't Mm. know a lot about X-Men, and they enjoyed our X-Men 101 episode, and we didn't really talk about this character because there was no notion that this character was in this movie. But Essex is the last name of Nathaniel Essex, who is another character who goes by the name of Mr. Sinister, which, to me, gets me very excited because this character has roots with Cyclops, with Jean, with Gambit... Yes, Gambit! <laughs> With who? Gambit! Dave's second boyfriend. Uh, with Psylocke. Um, with, with all of the X-Men, but those are some major ones. Um, so that's exciting, because that could be linking towards uh, more Weapon X stuff with Wolverine, which boring, yawn, pass, or the next X-Men film, which is supposed to be set in the 90s, which they've kind of already started teasing at Dark Phoenix, hopefully being done right this time. Um, or it could lead towards the Gambit story because his origins take place before the X-Men, uh, with, with some of Sinister stuff. So that's kind of explaining that we'll go into detail more about Mr. Sinister when we do kind of a, maybe a, an X-Men, whatever the next one's going to be called 101 or, um, you know, Gambit 101, whatever it's going to be Wolverine three, one Oh one, whatever, who cares, but we'll get into more about Mr. Sinister, but that's the character that they're referencing with Essex Corporation. Let me give it the layman's terms. He's a bad dude. Very cool bad dude. Oh, yeah. Very a cool, name like yeah, Sinister. Bad dude. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's no disguise that he's a bad guy. And he has great fashion taste. That's right. Yes. His, his weird cape thing. Most fashionable villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got the same kind of cape thing that Hawk from Hawk and Dove does. He does. And it's true. This. Uh, I would have been a lot happier if it was him. I I I should be more 
excited for, yeah, for Mr. Sinister, they, but it was they, a little boring. They teed it up with Apocalypse at the end of Days of Future Past perfectly. I thought maybe if they at least gave me red eyes or a white face, I'd have been like, yes, but I was still excited. But that was oh, like... Or- or just words, like just someone speaking at all. It was silence, yeah, nothing yeah. but silence and footsteps. Just show like the shadows, and then a di- the dime, the red diamond on his forehead, or something. You know, like yeah. that'd have been pretty. That'd have been pretty cool. But this was like such a deep cut. Like if if someone like Jenny, who doesn't know the X Men very well, or uh, the, the person who tweeted us doesn't know that, they would have no idea what that even references. Like, what are you hinting at? Nothing. You'd have to really, really know your stuff. Them going, oh crap! We have to try and hint what the next movie's going to be. Right, we got to do an Easter egg because technically we're Marvel. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm surprised by because I thought Singer wasn't doing another one. He's not doing the next one. I don't think he is. He's, yeah, he's stepping away after he stepped away. So the next one, the next, the what supposedly is the tee off for the Dark Phoenix saga is being done by someone else. He said he. Oh, okay. He said he wants to return, but he's doing. I can't remember what he's working on right now. But, uh, yeah, he's stepping away from the X-Men, which I'm all for. <laughs> I I kind of feel like the teaser was more a setup for Wolverine 3 than it was the next X-Men movie. Most Just likely. because I mean, it go either way. of what yeah. it involved. and Well, supposedly, that's I, I think it's going to be more tiered for the next X-Men movie since supposedly the Wolverine movie, the, the last Wolverine movie, supposedly the... Uh, old man Logan storyline, but replacing Hawkeye and the Hulk with the 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 uh, Weapon X hunters, cyborgs, the Reavers. I want to see how many times tonight I can get Justin to say supposedly. <laughs> is this our new drinking game for? It, All it right, is. Got it. it is. It replaced yeah. Superkick. Yeah, <laughs> Superkick is a private one. That's just for you and me, yeah. Tom. Okay. <laughs> so between you and me, supposedly has now replaced Superkick. I got right, it. Right. Oh, boy. All right. All right. So that's our X-Men talk for the night. Um, go read some X-Men books because X-Men are great. Um, briefly, we could talk about something that happened tonight, actually. Jared Leto on Snapchat uh, took some very cool, candid photos of himself dressed up as the Joker. Again. He's got the makeup on, and he's just, like, the corner of his face you can see in one of them with the text, as sick as your secrets. Very small. Um, He's got some cool black leather shoes with some purple and black socks. He's wearing, like, a business suit, like black pants. And a cane. Very jokery in these pictures. But the question is, why is he doing this now? What are they filming right now? Nothing. They're preparing to film Justice League. So is it possible he could be in Justice League or are these reshoots for Suicide Squad, which I think they did like a month and a half ago already? I thought so. Um, either way, I don't care. It's awesome. Maybe it's just a photo shoot. Who cares? I think it's I, I have a feeling he's probably going to show up in Justice League as like a cameo thing. Sure. Which whatever. I'm cool with that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm already cool with him. What I've seen in Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. uh We'll stay with DC and we'll talk about briefly the Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition trailer came out today. Uh, <laughs> uh, you get to see Jenna Malone in it where she's talking. I guess the scenes that were taken out were more of the Lois Lane storyline, which didn't even need to be in the movie to begin with. Um, but, but That's what everyone wants. Yes, everyone wants more Lois. That's what was missing <laughs> from the first cut. <laughs> Not enough Lois. <clears throat> um, 
but yeah, so that came out today, and now we've talked about it. So now we're going to move on, because there's nothing much else to say. Um, anybody excited about The Rock going to play Doc Savage? I don't know much about Doc Savage. I don't either. Like, he's already... I, I almost said it. Uh, damn it. Supposedly, or whatever. <laughs> damn it! I'm, I'm now, like, really conscious of this now. Um, but he's supposed to be uh, Black Adam in the Shazam film. Yeah. So, uh, the whole Doc Savage... I've, I've heard of Doc Savage. I've seen the books come through the store, but I've never actually, like, picked it up. Yeah, I don't know. He... Okay. So, he's doing... The Baywatch movie, or he just finished filming the Baywatch movie. He did, He's a busy dude. He's all over the place. Right. He did that yeah. Central Intelligence movie with Kevin Hart. He, I think, is in the Jumanji reboot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his casting news that he's going to be Black Adam and Shazam was, like, so early that they just wanted, like, for real wanted the attention. And that's the only reason why they, they announced that news. Because it makes no sense for us to know that he's playing Black Adam this far out, unless he's going to be in Justice League or something. Which I don't see that happening. Right. That movie's already going to shoehorn so many characters. Oh no, not Batman v Superman all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm telling you, we're, they're going to throw in. I'm putting money. We're going to see Booster Gold or Blue Beetle at some point. Would you, would you say we would supposedly see Booster Gold? Yes, we supposedly see Booster <laughs> Gold. Damn it! Uh, I can't, you can't Damn count it. that. You can't count that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever cameo appearance we get, I just hope the actor has like a really tiny, thin mustache to show off <laughs> in their outfit. Yes, because that's what sells me on a character. Right, is that that little tiny stash? Right, right. <laughs> uh, I I promised. I promise, Jenny, we'll get to something that you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm just trying to absorb it. I try to engulf as many of these psycho names from all the different comic worlds that you guys visit, and I mm. absorb it. So when they do come out, I'm like, now I get it. You are, now I understand. You are our Padawan. I know. Now, if we talked about, like, the dark and twisted comments. I've got you covered. I well, oh, but I don't know much about the superheroes, so that's my downfall. Rest up your vocal cords. I'm coming to you in a minute. Um, All right, I got a lot. So, but what the heck is Blue Beetle though? Because out of everything you've said, <gasps> that's the one that I'm like, oh, really? for shame. There is, there oh, is, there's, there's, is that the character's name? Yes, he's got oh, two, my. two aliases. Oh my, right. The Blue Beetle has two aliases and two different origin stories. Um, one is alien, the other is he's just a scientist, dude. Uh, who wants to school her very quickly? Well, if you if you pick up DC Rebirth, you get kind of a a, a hint at it. There's Ted. Ted I, just Cor- knew, I knew Johnny was going to go to Rebirth. Check out Rebirth because it's fantastic. We are in no um, way affiliated to DC or getting any money from any copies of Rebirth that get sold from this episode. I just want more people to get it because it's fantastic. The more people to get it, the more people are interested, and then really well, show quick, DC yeah. that they made mistakes. Right? Johnny okay. gets like 20, twenty-five cents a mention. Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Tell her about Blue Beetle. Wait, 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 though, real fast. So, Rebirth, is it something that somebody who knows nothing about it can jump into? And then when you said DC makes mistakes, is it 
did they redeem their mistakes in this, or is this proof of their mistakes? Uh oh, Johnny. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try not to go. <laughs> I'll try not to go but off on a tangent. You're getting. You're um, getting this from Johnny, who didn't like the New Fifty Two books. Yeah. So. So. So this is my perspective. New Fifty Two didn't work out. I think they made a lot of mistakes. DC Rebirth is not a rebooting of the continuity like New Fifty Two was. It is reintroducing the elements of the DC universe that the New 52 was lacking. Um, so I think it's a great reintroduction. I don't think you need to know everything there is to know about these characters. To read Rebirth 1, I think one, you get you might... a little hint and teases. I think... uh, actually, uh, I pay, I'm, with, for, I'm with you, Jenny. Like I'm picking up all the Rebirth uh, one-shots. And just because I I necessarily kind of lean more towards Marvel than I do DC, um, but I I want to try and get more into it. So I've been picking up all the Rebirth one shots, and the ones that came out this week were Superman, Batman, uh, Green Arrow, and Green Lantern, and they're pretty good at just kind of covering it. So if you're new, you can kind of jump in, and you would be pretty much catch up and be able to read ahead with the one shots. Yes. Yeah, I think. Okay, I'll- so. I don't think you'd do well with the actual book, um, Rebirth, because there's a lot of stuff that you need to know to understand a lot of it. On it. Like, who the heck is Blue Beetle? <laughs> right. Well, I, th- I well, think that... it gives you kind of a decent enough idea. Like, you get a whole a whole page dedicated to Blue Beetle, um, and you get kind of an idea of what it's about just, well, you know, yeah, just you're in, right. the, in the interaction between the two characters. You're, you're right. Without giving anything away for you, Jenny, I think you should pick up Rebirth. And just to get to that last panel, I think you would enjoy that. Oh, yeah. I think you would enjoy that last panel reveal oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. All righty. I'll add it to my poll because my poll isn't deep enough all right. these days. <laughs> like none, <laughs> none of us are. <laughs> Um, forever. Yeah. All right, so if anybody wants to donate to my comic obsession, obsession right now, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you any details you need to know where to where to pay for them because yeah. Well, do you see if you're listening? Uh, we'll take some free comics. Thanks. Yes. Oh yeah, I'll keep plugging Rebirth. <laughs> I'll plug it too. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh. Okay. So. Yeah. Let's, Let's Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah. tell oh, Blue Beetle. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> so, so real quick, Blue Beetle, the, the first one was a, a gentleman named Ted Cord, and he was just a regular guy who built, like, gadgets and used the suit. Um, and then he very, died in the comics. Very simple and, blue spandex-type suit. Yeah, very, very classic, like, 60s outfit that he was wearing. Um, and then the second Blue Beetle... Uh, is a kid named Jaime Reyes, and his blue beetle is a, an alien scarab that attaches itself to his back, and it forms the suit around him, and the suit can like create objects out of its out of itself. It's got some like Egyptian undertones to it. Well, if, you, okay, if you've so, seen Young Justice season two, yeah, yeah, then then that's a great that's a great introduction to Jaime Reyes. Got it. Yeah, you should watch Young Justice on Netflix because you're not watching enough oh. stuff. I think the more people <laughs> to watch Young Justice, the better chance we have of getting a season three. I um, agree. Uh, Johnny, go back and listen to our podcast where we interviewed one of the creators, executive producers of that very show. I did already. I did, and I heard what he said, and I'm and I'm on board. I'm it, telling everyone. I, I still roll, I roll my eyes for the Twitter campaign because they're doing it wrong. <laughs> yes, binge watch. 
Young Justice on Netflix. That's one of the best ways that we can get their attention. For more. Okay, so that's the Blue Beetle. We're moving on. We'll stay within the DCEU uh, because The Flash lost their director in Seth Graham Smith. And they gained their director in Rick Fumayima. I guess you have to have a really weird last name in order to get this job. Uh, <laughs> are you now? You guys are super big fans of that show. Are you happy about this? Or are you? This is, the, oh, this, this is the, movie. the movie. This is this the is movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. I was thinking this was a yeah with hipster see, flash. Star, yeah, starring starring Ezra Miller, aka hipster Barry Allen. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Long, um, flowing locks. Jenny, did you know in the Batman v Superman that that scene where you see the guy stop the mugger at the little store, that that was oh, yeah, Flash? Oh, yeah, I knew that was Flash, but okay. I honestly, did every also, time I come around, there's like new, yeah, what did, next DC movie's coming out, so I, I haven't been paying that. I'm super excited for Wonder Woman, and the only reason I'm excited about Aquaman is because oh, it's got my yeah, in it. We but, know. We know, but that's Girl about. Crush. Like, I, I haven't really, I haven't really been following it. I'll enjoy them and I'll see them. I'll even see Suicide Squad, but I, I I'll haven't even been, see like, it. I haven't. Oh, I'll, I'll sit I'll, through. I'll, I'll sit through that terrible movie, Suicide Squad. I, I, hey, I have said it before. I'm hoping I'm proven wrong, but it looks like a freaking Hot Topics ad. Jenny, I've stopped. Jenny, Jenny, we haven't talked in a long time. I, you and I, we were always on the same side about. You know Dave's love of Suicide Squad, but I am—I I bought into it. I—I am—I'm very excited for it now. That's awesome. I, and, and I, like I'm sorry. Remember, before I was just—I was like, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But now I know. Now I know. Gonna, I, I just want to say I'm Dave's, sorry. Dave's going. I did. Gonna, I'm not apologizing be. to you, Dave. I'm apologizing <laughs> to her. And, and I, re- I respect that talk. Dave's going to hate me for the, saying this though, because I'm not a Will Smith fan. I, I am I not either. I don't mind no. him. But when I see Are it, you I'm people not, not American? Really <laughs> That's what I knew that was coming. There it comes. I, listen, it's though, a national know. treasure. Oh, <laughs> really? No. No. He's all right. Come on. He saved it's us fine. on Independence Day. And then he dies before he comes back. Right. <laughs> Flying a plane. The easiest thing for him to do in that movie. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh no! <laughs> I though when I watch the commercials, I really don't care about Jared Leto as the Joker, which I might be one of the oddest people in the world because that's what everyone's excited about. No, can't I'm with stand, you, I can't stand the Harley Quinn when I see it in the commercials. What? But every time I see Will Smith, I'm like, that's actually a pretty cool. He's pulling that off pretty well. So it's it's got those moments where I'm like, all right, this this may actually work, but I haven't bought in yet. So I'm, I don't see I'm going in with low expectations, and I'm hoping I have my mind blown. I don't, okay, see, I don't, I don't at all see how you're going to like this movie. How are you going to go in with like a clear mind and like an open no, mind? No, no, no. Like you're going to no. you're going to go in so jaded and not ready to like it, and you're come out and be like, yep, garbage. No, I'm going in. I'm going in wanting to like it. Like I right. really want to like it because when they first released that first photo of Jared Leto, I was waving the flag, going, "I thought it looked really cool." But I then thought it was every, crap, remember? yeah, I remember you and me, Tom. We were having a full-on yeah. punch out because of it. I was like, "I like it. I think it totally is psychotic and awesome." And you're like, "Ugh, what?" But the longer I've seen it, what I loved then, I hate now. I so think, I'm going into it completely huh? with the look of I'm hoping that I'm <laughs> just heard somebody say, huh? <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I love it because I, am, I 
really want DC to do well, especially I don't, after Jenny, that. I don't understand why you say you don't like the the Harley parts, because that's what's got me, is she has brought me into this movie as I want to see more of Harley. And even you just want to see more of what's her name? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. <laughs> Come on. Hot. I can see her on the you know, internet. But, I, but what I've seen of Joker, what I've seen of Joker in the previews has me intrigued because of the one the preview where you see you hear the laugh and she goes, Oh no. That that about, had me that had me just brought in like what about, uh-oh. Bad's about to happen. What about Captain Boomerang? Like everything I've seen from him in the trailer. That's what I'm excited he's for. He's like he's like yeah. the wild card that I'm like, whoa, oh, why yeah. do I like one, I don't even like the actor, but two like, I don't care about the character, and they've done a great job at making me want to see that character. I think well, that's I his got, role. That's well, Jai but, Courtney's role. Yeah. Like, For me, I finally got to see Katana be a, be a badass. Well, she was uh-huh. in the, the very few scenes that Arrow let her be a badass. <laughs> that doesn't wow. count. This is, that, that doesn't count. That's DC TV, not DCU. That's, so, why, I mean, that's why she's not in the movies anymore, or in the TV exactly. anymore. Real fast, who is Rick Flagg? Just some guy. He's a government dude. He's essentially, there's a character in the Wonder Woman universe called Steve Trevor. He is kind of like a liaison between the Justice League and the government. And Rick Flagg is kind of a government employee that's supposed to keep these people, the Suicide Squad, under control. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm very excited for that character just well, because like the actor. Yeah, you like Joel Kinnaman. I totally do. And I he's never disappointed. Even, even Robocop. (laughs) <laughs> which was a really bad movie. I really liked him in it. So I'm very excited because it's not Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy would Tom have been Hardy is in off that role. doing Stop better it. things. Tom Hardy. Tom, yeah, Tom, what is he doing? Tom Hardy deserves a better role than Rick Flag. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, like Mad Max? <laughs> yeah, yeah, more Mad Max for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely more Mad Max. That wasn't even a Mad Max movie. That was a. a whatever Charlize Theron movie. I think that's what, I think that's what was great about it. Like I, I think if you, and I haven't watched them in a really long time, but from what I remember the Mad Max movies before, I I don't remember there being like a huge storyline about Mad Max. It was more like Mad Max is in these situations. The original original Mad Max was the storyline. It's how it was. Everyone after that was, Everyone just, after it, that, but if yeah, you're going look, to look make a story Mad and Mad Max happens a movie to be called in. Mad Max, you you better you know, tell me a story. Children, enough. Uh, we're not, so Suicide Squad. Every time Harley's name is mentioned on this podcast, we're not even talking about Suicide Squad. We're not even talking about Suicide Squad. The topic was the Flash movie, and it's and it's and it's new it's new to Rick Famuyiwa. Yeah, that's about right. He directed Dope. And a historical drama called Confirmation that's going to be on HBO. Ooh, um, Dope is awesome, though. So he's the new director. Have you seen that? No. I don't know how he's going to be on, on like, an action thing, but Dope is very well well made. It was okay. I liked it. But we'll see. Uh, you know, I haven't been too impressed with what we've seen of The Flash so far, which hasn't been much. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give Ezra Miller the benefit of the doubt because I really liked him in... Uh, what did I see him in? Uh, he he was funny in something I saw him in, but it was briefly. But I well, he was briefly well, train, you, wreck. Was, train wreck. Train wreck. That I was, was it. Yeah, he was funny in train wreck. I will wreck. tell you from the the teenage girl perspective. My daughter, when I told her Ezra Miller, she got pretty giddy about it. Yeah, so. but she probably would about Grant Gustin too, though. What well, she does love 
the TV show, but when I said Ezra Miller's playing him in the movie, she was like, ooh, 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 I well, like that. To be honest, I had no idea who Grant Gustin was before they cast him. Or, you know, when she, they, before when they cast she him. Did, but she, she did. Well, right, because he was on Glee, and I'm like, oh, yeah. really? Dude from Glee is going to play Barry Allen? And now I can't see anybody else playing Barry Allen. So, I'm with you. So, so I, I, I learned my lesson with Heath Ledger and the Joker, and then... Grant Gustin and Flash because you, I, I you was one of the ones when they said yeah. Grant Gustin I was like screw that guy like he doesn't look like Barry Allen he doesn't like, sound like Barry yeah. Allen and now there literally is no one else that I want to see as as the Flash you so. have you have no idea how how uh, <laughs> hesitant and dis- disappointed I am that Channing Tatum is going to play Gambit but I'm going to give oh, him the benefit of a doubt <laughs> oh I see I think his love for the character is what's gonna, that's that's what yes that's, that's what's giving me hope. I think that's what's going to kill it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Channing Tatum whatsoever, and like it's just that man's an American treasure. Oh, Come on, how, how he's you. replaced American, Will Smith. No American no. treasure that belongs to garbage. <laughs> right. The greatest oh, accomplishment no. is to show off his abs in Magic Mike films. No, he's been in some good stuff. Oh, come he, on. He was in um, <laughs> what was that movie? And I can't gosh, I can't Wait. remember the name of it. Jupiter is. But it was the. Yeah, well, he wasn't yes. that. I mean, he wasn't right, that. Right. You got me. Great, no, he, he played a husband. He played a husband in some in some drama movie, um, and it was like about the wife wanted him dead or something. But he Wait, was what? good in that movie. I can't remember the name of it, and and I'm I don't uh, want to look it up down? because my computer's all the way Are over you there. Talking like the Book of Life. Uh, <sighs> oh, you know what? You know what? He's good in Foxcatcher. So. He's good in Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher is a good one. Yep. Okay, uh, I have not seen Foxcatcher. Oh, check it out. Oh, it's really good. I, I have good. it, but I have yet to watch it. He has shown very diverse roles where he can be drama, comedy, or action. And then Leave he was also up. stop, stop. And then he was also in G.I. Joe Retaliation and White House Down. Okay. Here's, Look, here's okay, my your hate of your hate of Michael Bay is just come through through <laughs> my I love bad boys. Here, here, here's my thing. <laughs> I, I I will admit I've never seen a drama with Channing Tatum, all I've really seen is like I've seen White House Down, uh, <laughs> and then like I've seen like my I've seen seen bits and pieces of the Magic Mike films because my sister will watch them, and then like oh, with you, get, gross. Well, no, <laughs> no I would be walk, I'd be walking around. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. really weird. <laughs> it's, a, it's very uncomfortable. But and then like the commercials for the um uh like bits and pieces of like Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. I like Twenty One Jump Street. He was good in that. And I, I, I just like I just look at him. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's it. Like, yeah. It, well, here's here's, here's, made, one, here's a bit of trivia. The one, the one role that kind of like pushed me over. Like, okay, he might be okay because I'm I'm with I can't remember who said I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan, but I thought he was everyone great. except me. <laughs> right, right. Um, I I loved him in The Hateful Eight. Like you don't, it's not a role that you would picture him in. And when he yeah. shows up in it and the way it's acted, it's totally not his typical role and he pulls well, it off. So I, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I'm going to have to be honest with you, Jenny. I couldn't, I didn't even get to the point where he showed up in that movie. Cause it, 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 it had just totally bored me. I, <laughs> I, I, I was done. I haven't even finished the movie. I can't, Side I can't effects. I can't do it. I can't do it. Side effects was the Channing Tatum movie where he played the husband. Oh yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. He was good at that. Okay. Real quick, real quick to close up the Channing Tatum conversation. One, he's going to be in the next Kingsman movie, which all right, uh, he'll probably be good in that. Cause Kingsman was really good. 
And two, mm-hmm. a little piece of trivia for you. He was in the Ricky Martin video for She Bangs. Why? Oh. Why? 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 Why you got to bring that why up? Because I just answer. read it and I had no idea that that happened. So there it is. According, this is probably the Wikipedia. most important thing he's done in his career. Oh, it was a little trivia. He danced in a video and then he danced in a movie. Oh, great job. Oh, look at that. Anyway. I don't understand where that came yeah, from. Tom well is done. Where Tom is the one defending Channing Tatum. <laughs> I am. Uh, all uh, right. I love Channing Tatum. All right, Jenny. I think he's he's one of my favorites. I am. I, I am I'm just going to say I've Good been on Lord. record that I'm I am excited for him to play Gambit because I think he's got a diverse talent. And I go with what you said earlier. He wants the role. He likes the role, and I think he's going to do well in it. All right. All right. We're moving on. Jenny. Dave. I have some casting news that you might enjoy. <laughs> Dave. Please share. So, Ready Player One. Is being made Ooh. into a movie. We already know that the dude that played Cyclops, Ty Sheridan, is going to be in it. Simon Pegg is going to be in it. And Ben Mendelsohn is going to be in it. And joining the cast now is T.J. Miller from Deadpool and uh, yeah, Silicon Valley. I think I this is a character. Role. It's a character I think they made up. He's a troll, an internet troll named Irock. Of course. No, 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 no. That, that's not made up. That's their friend um, yeah, in in the hangout room. Oh right, okay. Yeah, the guy, yeah. the guy that like rats them all out, tries to humiliate them, but then he he yeah, humiliates he's like the, himself. He's like the class bully. Yeah, and that's gonna be T.J. Miller. I love it. Okay, I can make sense. That. I love it. So yeah, I had to throw that in there. Yeah. T.J. Miller, he's a he's a national treasure. I would agree. <laughs> oh, oh. He wrote. <laughs> Everyone's a national treasure tonight. That is gonna be the title of this podcast. Go, Supposedly a national treasure. Go get his stand-up CD, which is like a lot of rap music and stuff that he does. He does like these little things called Cloverfield secrets. They're little 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 inter- interludes where he just whispers these Cloverfield secrets that are just insane because he was the cameraman in Cloverfield, so. Uh, it's hilarious. Plus, he does a whole song that's based on a city in Wisconsin. <laughs> and oh, it makes, man. And it makes no sense. Uh, all right, so there's that. That was just for you, Jenny. Thank you. All right. I love that book. We're going to talk about Arrow for a brief second because the showrunner, Aww. Wendy Miracle, had said that there's going to be a new vigilante that shows up in Season 5, described as cocksure, reckless, ex-Marine turned vigilante, I have a guess as to who this character is. Do any of you DC experts have a guess? Dead man. <laughs> Ex-military? What? Dead man was an ex-marine? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'd watch season five if Dead Man was in it for I, sure. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I, really, I don't. All right. He's a vigilante? Yeah. And is is he like... Uh, like real popular in the comics, or is he like kind of a side character? She didn't say. John Stewart. No, come on, man. <laughs> he's a he's a former marine. I mean, right. That's what everybody's first thought's going to be is for the ex marine. Isn't, isn't Simon Boz also like an ex marine? Uh, no, he, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but he's, he was, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe him as cocksure. Ah, uh, true. <laughs> it's like. Let's just go through all the Green Lanterns. Is it Guy yeah. Gardner? <laughs> right. We all we all want it to be a Green Lantern. Let's see. I don't it's think he's ex military, or maybe he is, but he definitely is cocksure. Right. Is yeah. it shipped? Oh no. Oh. Well, oh no. We're all we're all we're all, we're all we're, this is. I have no idea. We're all just. Uh, is it guessing. buzzed? 
Dexter. It's totally Dexter. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's Dexter. It's the cat. It's it's a a red lantern cat. Yes. Uh, no, my guess is Grifter. Oh, that would make the most oh. sense. Oh, cheap cheap costume to make, and he's a, he's a cool dude. I say, why not? Well, you are I'll in the multi- the chance. You are in, you are in the multiverse, but he's not a villain. It's a vigilante, not a villain. Oh, a vigilante. Okay, you're right. Yep. I'll give him a chance. Maybe he'll save season five. Plus, what's Maybe. cool about what's cool about that is that's a Wildstorm character that turned DC and created by Jim Lee, and so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'd buy into it. Yeah, I'm all for that. Can't be can't be any worse than that finale. <laughs> no, can't. They're gonna prove you wrong because I think people said the same thing about the season three finale. You're right. <laughs> I can only go up from here because that's rock bottom. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't. Was- yeah, when Matt and I were leaving the theater for Apocalypse, there was we had the CW network had like a little booth that had a, a poster for Arrow that said "Aim Higher." Yeah, he told us that we recorded <laughs> we recorded yeah. the uh, CW DC wrap up last night, and he told us about that. And you guys can check that out next Tuesday coming up this week. Oh yeah! Uh, all right, so we're gonna switch to Marvel, and then I'm gonna let Jenny talk for a long time about what <laughs> I know because I have I have. A list of awesome comic stuff that's not superhero, Marvel, or DC. So plus, plus she, guys, went, come on. she attended something very cool last night, so we're going to let her talk about that. I uh, love you, Jenny. I love you, Tom. Wow. All right. Maybe we should drink every time Tom kisses Jenny's ass. I have not talked to Jenny <laughs> in a long time. Okay? Tom and me are soulmates, Dave. Exactly. So you got to let us do the love here. Right. Yeah, so step off, dude. All right, now be quiet. Um, <laughs> okay, talk about Marvel. Uh, so according to Joe Quesada, Namor is returning to Marvel Studios, and Woo-hoo! there's a chance he hmm. could end up in a movie or a show. I'm down. The Submariner, Submariner, whatever they... The whatever Submariner. It is. Submariner. Mariner. Called yeah. Mariners. I, I don't care whatsoever for <laughs> for Namor, who is, by the way, a mutant. Well, I bet he's going to be an inhuman. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, because they've already they've already kind of referenced him in S.H.I.E.L.D., so... They did? Yeah. They referenced um, Namor? Yeah, at well, one point. Yeah, at one point. Not they, by name. Uh, no, but they were they were targeting targeting someone in like the middle of the ocean. Yeah, well, maybe it was Aquaman. Okay. <laughs> anyway, made that jump. Yeah. So anyway, DC Rebirth. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Well played. Oh wow. <laughs> That's another twenty five cents. Yeah. There you go. Just keep saying ching, it. Ching. We can get Jenny some ching. money. Ching. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Namor. Uh, possibly coming, and then a, no, a title that we know that's happening is Captain Marvel, and rumor is that. Oh, I'm excited about this. Oh wow! I'll, I can jump in on this one. Rumor is that the the, <laughs> the 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 main target that Marvel Studios is focusing in on is Brie Larson. I'm still Woo-hoo. mad. Nope. Why? That's amazing. Are you kidding me? She's no. an American icon. Yes. No. Nope. <laughs> she's a national treasure. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Why? Who do you That's want? Not who I want? Who you want, Tom? If you say Ronda Rousey, I swear to God, I'm hanging up on you. No. I've said it from day one. Natalie Dormer should be Ms. Marvel. She's busy doing what? Game of Thrones. <laughs> probably going to kill her on Sunday. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, spoilers, bro. It's not spoilers. I haven't <laughs> watched in like four seasons. I don't I'll- know. No, she's I'll admit, I, like I was really pushing for Catherine Winnick. 
sure. and Lagatha from Vikings. I really wanted to see her as it, but I can totally get on board with the Brie Larson. She wasn't even in my spectrum of no, people I would think of for it. But once they announced it, like it kind of went, oh yeah, like she, I, I think it's cool. She is a terrific it. actress. She is. I love her. And I saw. I'm not photo. hating on it. It's just not my choice. Yeah. I saw a photo of her. Like someone made a photo of her in uh, the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel the boss, suit. The Boss Logic photo. Yeah. Oh, so good. I was like, it, I could totally see this. It fit. It worked. Yeah. Now she's she's she just won the Academy Award for Room, which was a great movie. Uh, she's been in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, so she knows her way mm-hmm. around comic book adaptations. Plus, I mean, she's only in it very little, but she was awesome in that movie. And uh, she's going to be in Kong Skull Island, so I think. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I just she wasn't my choice. It sounds like you really don't like Brie Larson, Tom. Yeah, no, it, no, 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 no. Like you hate I, her. I, she I, is both I really a national want... treasure and a national icon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly she will be yes. Captain Marvel. And, yes. There you go. Got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm cool with Brie Larson. I like Brie Larson. I'm all for it. Jenny sounds like she's in. I'm in. Have any of you read the first uh, Civil War two thing yet? Not yet. I, mm-hmm. I got it, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, then I won't. Well, there's two deaths. I won't say who. Holy cow! Really? Yeah, they two yeah, right they kill the off two guys right off the bat. I, mean, I was kind of surprised for the dead. It's a big book, but geez, wow! They killed two people already. Well, they I mean, kill the... off. Is it Captain America and his boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> his, his last Hail, words were Hail, Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I've not, I haven't been reading a lot of Marvel books lately, except for Moon Knight and Black Panther. Um, but I'm reading Civil War two, and I've read this this book, and I'm kind of, I mean, it's kind of a rehash of a newer version of what they're doing of what they did in the last one, but. I mean, it's different because this time they've already killed two people in the first book. And the prominent so, people are, it's Captain Marvel versus Iron Man, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all pick sides based on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to read it this weekend, hopefully. So It didn't hook me. I mean, I'm going to read it to finish it, but some some of it, some of the, the story felt kind of just shoehorned in just so that they oh, had totally. a reason to split the, split the groups. Oh, yeah. The whole reasoning behind it is kind of... And a shoehorn, but I want to see where it goes and how I'm kind of interested if they kill off more people. <laughs> and then they'll then they'll do a rebirth. And then they'll, exactly. They'll, they'll, they'll come back to life as inhumans. They should just go back go over there and see and read rebirth. <laughs> Everyone's an inhuman in Marvel now. Yeah, oh my goodness. All right. Last bit of news that we could talk about, and then the floor belongs to Jenny for a while. Uh yeah. some details on Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, <laughs> yes. A lot of sighing from oh, Justin tonight. Whoa. Wow. Uh, so apparently, supposedly, uh, the <laughs> the central villain oh, of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two has has been revealed as Aisha, aka her slash Kismet slash Paragon. Those are all of her names. Um, she is. I think got, I know her. She's got ties. She's got ties to Adam Warlock, which they've been teasing at for a while. And people are thinking that that might be Peter Quill's father, is Adam Warlock. Um, but that's uh, rumored, and I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. But that's supposedly their their main villain for Volume Two, which I don't have a problem with. I don't really care either way. I'm gonna mm. like it. I think no matter yep. what. But yep. Justin seems to already hate it. 
No, no, okay. The the, the grunt was more for the Thor Ragnarok <laughs> oh, okay. thing. Okay, but okay. The, <gasps> no, I'm excited. Oh, what? No. Like, the whole the Guardians of the Galaxy thing is going to be fun because those are just fun movies. Uh, I just kind of hope that if Aisha is the villain, they do a better job with her than they did with Ronan. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree because Ronan was such a badass that they kind of just downplayed to me. Yeah. I I hope that if it's Aisha that we get um, a cameo from her sister Moesha. <laughs> then I'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a oh, Dave, that was a Dave pun. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? I did it. It hurts. Like I feel <laughs> like I, I should have said it, and I let you guys it's... down. Um, it's like oh, it's like Johnny stole a little <laughs> bit of your soul right there. It actually it hurt actually a lot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know I I didn't know where that came from, but now uh, I know. I'm sorry, Dave. That's all right. That's all right. I'll get it back. Uh, actually, next time, Johnny, you got to do that and go, hey yo. Come on, oh, man. I do that too, but I left it out yeah. this time. Oh, yeah. no. All right. So Thor Ragnarok <laughs> is a movie that's happening. Um, it's. Uh, Okay, so this description provided by Joe Blow, which I hate that website, but whatever. Just the name of it, I guess. Um, the the road trip aspect of the film regards Thor's journey to find a weapon that could stop Ragnarok, which in the Norse mythology is the end of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Thor will be sporting a shaved head for at least part of the movie, and Tessa Thompson is going to be playing Valkyrie, will have a very different appearance in the film from her comic book origins um and finally everybody has been wanting the planet hulk storyline to be somewhere in its own movie whatever but it looks like it's going to be in this film and that the hulk is going to battle it out in these gladiatorial games in the planet hulk storyline and that jeff goldblum's character the grandmaster is going to be the one that's behind it and you're going to see hulk's armor from the court comic book uh story Oh. <laughs> Yay! It's why does Hulk I, need armor? Well, well, the whole thing is the planet when the planet he go in the comic books, Planet Hulk. If Hulk actually is thrown onto a planet when he's when he's shipped off Earth, he goes to a planet where there's actually a bunch of people that can kick the Hulk's ass. So he actually wears armor to make him look more badass and for protection, even though it's basically just a, one arm. Because apparently one arm's weaker than the rest. Okay, apparently. Apparently. That's what it is. And this whole movie annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> I mean... Why? It's like, I want to see a Hulk, Planet Hulk movie. So now they have to explain how Hulk gets off Earth, first of all. And then, I feel like this is basically, what what they're describing is going to be the beginning of Ragnarok, is Thor is off-world doing this thing and goes to Planet Hulk, wherever this thing is with the Grandmaster, and then you run into Cate Blanchett later as Hela, which is probably the only good thing about this movie. The only good thing? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, I'm saying it, because Cate Blanchett's a national treasure. <laughs> Well, I think this is going to be the the best Thor movie. I think it. I think I they're agree. combining well, elements. The, the bar is low. The bar's low. So all it has to do is beat the first Thor. It's um, like you are about to, you are about to get curb stomped. Yeah. Well, <laughs> See what they did there. For me personally, the the, the Thor movies kind of right at the bottom of the MCU, just because 
the first one a little bit higher than the second, but well, there's only one that's in the MCU. No, but, they're oh, they're both. Thor, I'm sorry. For whatever reason, I was thinking uh, Hulk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Uh, it's the because I think the first Thor is a little bit higher up, only because it kind of portrayed the whole there's another <laughs> world kind of deal thing. But then the second one was just so boring, and it tried yeah, so hard. Yeah, second one was bad. It, they it. just really badly wanted you to like go to Asgard and wherever else. And to kind of show show off all these worlds, and same with Guardians, they took a great villain and completely made him boring. I think that I, I think that they're combining elements in the MCU that work to to make Thor better. Like Thor definitely is the the franchise that struggled the most. Yes. Um, Hulk, as Marvel has said several times, and, and I agree with this that that Hulk as a character is difficult to make a standalone movie. Well, also, they don't own the rights. They're with Universal. Right. I think. But so, I mean, just just casting that aside, like the fact that they can't even really make one right now without partnering with Universal. Um, the the Hulk, I, I do believe, is difficult. He's just a difficult character to have his own, you know, his, his own story about. Um, and I'm sure there's some way to do it. There's some perfect storyteller out there who comes up with the with the greatest way to make a Hulk solo movie. But it hasn't happened yet. There's been a decent one, and there's been a, an awful one. Yes. So I think merging the two together makes sense. They're both like the powerhouses in the MCU. Um, I like the idea of of making the of kind of combining elements of Planet Hulk because I don't know how I, I don't think that we're anywhere near doing a Planet Hulk movie. And if they are going to do one, I don't think it's for ten, fifteen plus years. Yeah, I, that I they would actually agree with that. get to it. So uh, I think they're they're taking the good elements of the MCU and adding them to Thor because Thor has struggled the most. I mean, it makes sense, because, especially with Thor and Hulk not being in uh, Civil War. So it makes sense. It's like, well, we want to showcase the two that were not a part of it. Uh-huh. It's just everything I've heard about this. It's like a but it's like a space buddy cop film kind of deal, kind of like in the same vein of Guardians. And I'm it, I'm just not feeling it only for because they're such gr- dynamic characters and they have a lot of ground to catch up on, especially with how are they like there has to be like a flashback sequence of some sort of how did Hulk get off Earth? Oh, see, I don't think they need to do that. I think yeah. I think they could introduce Hulk for the first time with, you know, let's say Thor shows up to this planet for whatever reason where they're doing the the gladiator stuff and and he is in the ring and they say and his opponent is the the green giant or something you know just reference it and then the hulk comes out and that could be his introduction and then they could explain later grandmaster when he takes people for the games he just plucks them out of wherever they are he just like grabs them out of reality almost and puts them where he wants them so it could very easily be explained that you know when they found when they lost the jet at the end of age of ultron and they couldn't find the hulk that the hulk was just plucked out of that mm-hmm. world and put in the gladiator games and maybe he's been there this whole time All right. until Thor shows up. Alright, I could roll with that. Yeah, let let, <laughs> let Johnny write things. I don't know what he I can't remember what he talked about during our last night's recording, but he totally rewrote <laughs> the ending and made it great of something else. Maybe it was Arrow. Supergirl. Supergirl, that Supergirl. was it. Yeah. 
Uh, it was fascinating. Check out that episode on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, first off, on Thor 2, the, the first reference <laughs> I ever wanted in a movie about the Dark Elves was a Drizzt Duerden movie because I'm a huge R.A. Salvatore fan, and I got a, I, I ended up reading about Dark Elves in Thor 2, and they were just they were lame. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it, terrible. Meliketh, in the books, Meliketh is a really great, rich character. Yes, he is, with. but the way the way he was portrayed in the movies was just bad. Crap. Yeah, I agree. It was just... That's why I told my daughter, she said, I'm trying to catch up. I said, don't bother. Yeah. Skip that one. <laughs> yeah. It's really one of the only ones where nothing carried forward except that it had an Infinity Stone. Yeah. And that's so as that, easy or, as saying yeah, that had an it. Infinity that, Stone. That's in it. it. You just just cue to the end and see what happens to the Infinity Stone. All right. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> and bye bye Natalie. Bye bye Natalie Portman. That's that's the other part. Natalie, yeah. she's a national treasure. She is. She is. <laughs> uh, by the way, this episode, she's the this only episode. she's the only young actress that has gotten hotter as you know, later. They okay. always start hot, right. but she's got hot later. Calm down. Tom. Oh yeah. Uh, this episode will be titled <laughs> "Supposedly We're All National Treasures." Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Jenny. The floor is yours. Tell us what you did last night, uh, but keep it. You know, this is a family family friendly show. I don't want to know too many details. I'll I'll keep it spoiler free. Um, but let's start let's start at the beginning. Two years ago, I saw Whoa, this little we're, we're going back far. Yeah, two years ago, <laughs> I saw this little thing, this little article that said that Robert Kirkman was writing a comic about possession, and I was like. Say what? It took forever for that comic to come out, but I think it came out June of 2014. I could be wrong. Somebody can Google that for me. But I have been uber fan of Outcast. There, I have my list of like top three comic books, and it depending on the issue, it fluctuates from number two to number one easily. It June, is an amazing. Hey, I was right. Um, cause I was like, it's got the show starting probably like two years after the comic came out. So they, they're like 18 or 19 issues in on the comic side, but it's so well written and so well done. Cause it's, it's not like the action heroes and stuff. It's, it's all the progression of Kyle Barnes and this town of Rome and Rome is, you know, the typical small Appalachian type mountain town where everybody knows the name, they go to church and all that. I got to go to the official Cinemax premiere last night and they showed the first two episodes. The whole cast and crew was there. So Kirkman was there, Patrick Fugit, who plays um, Kyle Barnes, everybody. The only, it, it, oh, I can't even. So last two months ago, was it two months ago? For WonderCon, I got to go in as a, a screener and watch the first episode. And I walked out of it, and Dave remembers this, because I, for probably two weeks straight, was just like, I haven't seen anybody pull off a comic-to-scream adaptation that well until this episode. They There are scenes, like visuals, in the show that I can envision the cells in the comic. And the comic is so creepy, like, the, just watching people's reactions while the while the episode's playing is so funny because there are some really gross and gruesome things and you'll just like me knowing what's going to happen I'm sitting there waiting for it but somebody who's not the moment it happens they're like the hands go up and they're like ah! <laughs> you just see them cringe so good so have I went said, into the have you said the title of it yet oh the title is outcast 
by Robert Kirkman. And it's on Cinemax. It airs tomorrow, Friday the 3rd. Um, I don't know the time. Um, but episode one is actually, I think, on YouTube for, for free on the Cinemax YouTube page. It's so on PlayStation 2 because I just watched it like two hours ago. Did you? What do you yeah. think? Um, I've never – I haven't read the comics. I know about them, so I haven't read them. I really enjoyed the first episode, and I'm super excited for the, for the rest of the season. I want to pick, go and pick up uh, graphic novels. Do it because the – like I said, it's it's nothing where there's a lot of action in every episode because every every issue, you're trying to figure out a little bit more of what's going on. So, yeah. like, it starts off with – you don't even get to know Kyle Barnes's whole backstory. It starts off as just this really depressed guy that lives in this crappy house and everybody's afraid of him. And you know he's done something bad. Yeah. And then, then – a kid goes psycho and psycho is the only word you can imagine. And when Kyle Barnes approaches him, the interaction, you start going, there's something up with this character. So even 18 issues in, I fully don't understand why he's the outcast. I don't understand why the people are being possessed, but every issue you get this little minute like explanation. So it's it's like almost like a detective story, but it's so creepy. It's like The Exorcist meets a really good drama TV show. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. It's great, though. And then episode two, like, so I walked out of the screener, you know, back in during WonderCon going, wow, this is amazing. So last night I was all excited because I'm sitting maybe – 50 feet from the cast going, this is really insane. And we're, it's in the cemetery. So the, they premiered it in the Hollywood forever cemetery. So there are gravestones all around you, which just adds to the creepiness of when you see the demons and such. Um, But episode two, it's, it's great. They introduce one of the, um, well, they hint at one of the, the main characters, Sydney, who is um, played by, I can't think of the actor's name, but he played Data on Star Trek. Oh, really? Spiner? Yeah. Um, so he, he, that character is, it's, it's just watch it. Go get the comics, watch yeah. the show. Um, they did a great job, though, too, with the premiere. Like, they had a whole setup where you can go and have your picture taken in, like, a haunted room because there's a lot of, like, there's yeah, a lot you, of sub story. What are you guys holding, or what is what is Patrick holding in your picture? He's just got like a rocking horse, and then I'm hugging a teddy, like a teddy bear. And the guy kept going, "Look really scared. You look crazy. You look terrified. Hold the teddy bear like you know your life." <laughs> they directed on it. you. Yeah, they directed it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I wish they would post it. I've been looking all all day today. Is so after after the second episode and everybody's you know packing up their stuff and and getting ready to leave, um, they started putting the photos up on the on the screen, and um and they had a ton of the cast and everything, and they are they're awesome. Like Kirkman sitting in the chair, and you've got like Patrick Fugit back on like the bed. Like it's they're they're the coolest photos and I'm like, oh, why is this not on Instagram yet? But yeah, you gotta they, you go there and then they email you the photos and you can pay to get one done. But they did an epically good job with this show and I like I said if you 
if you haven't been introduced to comics, like, you, you know, you're a little intimidated to jump into like Superman and Spider-Man and all those because wait, it's wait, such two of the worst. Well, any of, I mean, <laughs> no any of really? like, the, when you think of when, if you, if you're not into comics, when you think of comics, you think you automatically have to go to Batman right. or something like that. And, and it's intimidating. I'll, I'll, just, I'll admit it. I was just making a joke. I know. But it's intimidating. Like, that's why I don't read a lot of the Marvel and DC because there's so many characters and you get all this fan base and they're so into the characters and you're like, I don't know where to start. The cool thing about Outcast is, one, the show is starting at a great time because there's only – I think they're coming out with 19 in, like, the next few weeks. So it's just a handful. I think there's two trades out as of yeah. right now. Um, but it's it's like reading a novel, it's not like reading a comic where there's action and stuff. It, you're reading the story of Kyle Barnes and you start to really, you know, you have empathy for him. And it's just, it's sad, but it's so intriguing because you want, you're kind of discovering the same things at the same time he is, you know, the main character is. So you feel really invested in the story, or at least I do. Um, and then just what Cinemax did with it is hands down. I am, I can't I can't give them any more props. They they did a great job in adapting this story. Like yeah. it's so tomorrow watch it. Definitely watch it and then you'll understand why my Twitter feed is nothing but outcast for the last few weeks. <laughs> Plus she has an undying love for Robert Kirkman, so Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, I got to see him last Thursday, too. He did the uh, evening with Robert Kirkman at oh, I'm so Los glad. Angeles Museum I'm, of Art. I'm so glad you said it was at an event and not just hiding outside his bedroom window. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. Um, yeah so, he's she said the event. There. She didn't mention the other event. Right, yeah. Well, even, even that, though, was, was great. And the reason why I like Kirkman is he's, he kind of, and this is going to sound demented, but he kind of reminds me of me. Like he likes uh-huh. to think like he likes so he likes survivalist stories, you know, like especially if you if you follow The Walking Dead, the that's all The Walking Dead is. It's survival. And there's no good guys and there's no bad guys because every good guy is a bad guy and every bad guy is a good guy. You know, and the way he writes his stories are great. I mean, Thief of Thieves, that's that's my number one comic. It goes down every now and again because they don't issue them that much. So I forget where I'm at with the Redmond Conrad storyline. But Thief of Thieves is a great comic by him. Walking Dead, I mean, ask anybody in the street. They, they'll tell you they love it. Never heard but of it. Outcast is, is so good. And like I said, it's it's like reading a novel. It's not it's not very comic book-esque. I mean, you get the visuals, but it's more following a character story. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but I, I can't promote it enough. Okay, before you go on to your next one, I want to recommend a, a comic that is not related to superheroes in any way. Written by Tim Seeley, who did the Hack Slash book, which I also recommend, which is also being made into a TV show eventually, I guess. Uh, but pick up Revival. That's a good book. Uh, done by Image Comics and it started in 2012 I think it's essentially the aftermath of one day the dead come back to life but they're not zombies they're actual they have their memories and they're normal people and weird stuff starts to happen it's 35 Ooh, that sounds good so check out Revival and it's also based in Wisconsin that helps you you love your Wisconsin stuff <laughs> I'm the same though. If it was if it was Puget Sound, I'd be all about it. How do you say my state? Wisconsin. Say it again. That's how you say it. Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's something only from someone from Wisconsin hears and notices. <clears throat> right, yeah, yeah. right, Johnny? I'm from California. Ah, oh, you bastard. Thank you. <laughs> At least I got another West Coaster over here. Uh, I, I say Wisconsin. He says it right, See? at least. Oh, all right. I say Wisconsin. That's, that sounded exactly like I said it. You say it, it sounds like Wisconsin. 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 You're saying it like it's I'm hearing Yeah, I'm hearing it. You're saying it like it's W-E-S. Okay, with, in my defense, I grew up in Seattle and my parents are from Kentucky, okay? <laughs> if, you're, if you're from Wisconsin, you, pronounce, you actually pronounce it Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Yeah. Wisconsin. If anybody can hear my Wisconsin accent, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, Jack. You're, you're sorry? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. everything I say anyways. Well, JD says, or uh, Justin says supposedly, so... Yeah, that must be a Vermont thing. Uh, n- maybe I don't know. I think I might be the only Vermonter who does that. Yeah, probably. All right, Jenny, wrap us up here. What last thing you want right. to talk about? The last thing I want to talk about is: Did you guys watch Preacher? Yes. Yep. I have not yet. Uh, Johnny writes our weekly review of Preacher. I know. I know. I I've been. Well, it. I've been like trying. I wish Kyle was still because remember, like two years ago, Kyle and I were like. They're going to make a show. They're going to make a show. And we're like, we have to talk about this. We have to do like a preacher one or one, one and one, one oh one, because both him and I had read it. Who's Kyle? And, All right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. I, I read the comics years ago and then like I once all the conversation started back up of you know that they're making the show I reread the first two trades just to kind of refamiliarize myself and everybody wouldn't they're like what is this preacher show and I, I look at the, I, I can't explain it like I just go well it's kind of about a demon angel falls to earth like there's the vampire there's like you can't explain it because it's so messed up but oh my gosh it was so good cassidy is my my favorite character out of the comic comic book and i was trying to find another character entrance like out of every show i've ever loved that was as great as cassidy's entrance on that airplane and i can't think of a single one that airplane scene was off the charts. Awesome. I'm I'm fangirling. It was so good. And the whole cast is <laughs> the whole cast is great. Like I honestly could not picture Dominic Cooper as as um Jesse. And I'm like, wow, he, he has it he's awesome. And then Ruth Negget, I I've talked to you guys about it. Like I was thinking more of like an Anna Paquin character when I look at the character from the comics and then, you know, her whole persona and stuff dead on. Like they did such a great job, but I'm so excited because like I was looking at the IMDB and the people that are going to start popping up, Jackie Earl Haley is cast in it and he's cast as one of the most messed up characters of the entire comic. And I'm like, OMG, he's playing Odin Quincannon. I'm like, he's Odin? He's Odin. Right? Oh right? my goodness. I know. I was just like, I, I 
I feel like this re- like reject five-year-old that I just can't quit clapping my hands and smiling. I'm just like, give me cotton candy and preacher. It's amazing. Hey girl. Fangirl. Total fangirl. Well, I have I, never had so much fun in an hour, hour and a half premiere as I did during that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Jenny on this because I watched it too and have read the uh, the first two trades as well. And I was I had a couple friends with me had, who have never watched it, and so the whole and I was on the fence with Dominic Cooper only because I've been watching him in um, uh, Agent Carter. And from Iron Man or Captain America, like all that, all that stuff. Right, right. So, so it was kind of hard for me to kind of separate that. And then, like the bar, the bar fight, and I was just like, <sighs> "Yup, this, exactly. yep." Exactly. <laughs> so again, I didn't Cassie, read the my comics. favorite is the slide of the chair. It's just like, yeah. he's, yeah. he's amazing. I um, I didn't read the comics before. But I was familiar with them. I'm familiar with the characters, um, but I've never actually picked up a copy and and read it. Um, so I was kind of looking at it from a different perspective. I wasn't necessarily comparing it to the source material more, more what the enjoyment factor was and how they could take something as, as crazy as preacher and make it work. And I, I fell in love with it. Like I'm, I'm definitely going to pick up the series now and read it. Cassidy was great. Tulip was my favorite though. Like her, her entrance I thought was, was fantastic with those kids yeah. And then the bazooka. The bazooka. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Cassidy was great too. And I know that um, actually the reason Dominic Cooper ended up getting the role was because um, the showrunner – and uh, I'm hating myself right now because I can't remember his name. It's escaping me. Are you talking um, about Seth Rogen? Keep going. Evan Goldberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it was those two. Um no, no, no. It was someone else. Someone. No, it was a different name. It wasn't those two. Anyway, in an interview, he said that Garthias. that he would have never thought about Sam. Kinnon? Yes. Yep. Okay. No, Ennis. En- Enos. Ennis. However you pronounce that. Garth Ennis. Yeah. yeah. He said that uh, he never would have thought Dominic Cooper until he saw Dominic Cooper in uh, The Devil's Double, where he played the two different roles. Oh, I forgot and about that. If you haven't seen that movie, it is, it is amazing. That movie is fantastic, and it that definitely shows good. off what Dominic Cooper can do. So i i had I had high hopes for him, and I had high expectations because I'd seen him in a lot of other stuff other than just playing Howard Stark. Yeah. And I really like what he does, and I thought he was fantastic. So I'm really looking forward. I was super bummed out they didn't have one on Sunday. Like I, I and I didn't even know. I didn't check. I just assumed it was going to be coming out. So I, I loaded it up and I'm like, all right, it's time to watch some preacher. And it was nothing. And I was like devastated. I know because that's what I was hoping to do Sunday night was watch preacher, and it wasn't I, there after one episode. I, I was I it just hurt my heart not to have it. I thought they did great too though, like with uh, Arse Face. Like the makeup, even I, uh-huh. I was like, how are they going to pull off this character? His his whole face looks like an ass. I'm oh, like, he's so sympathetic. He is, which I he's not so much kid. in the he's not so much in the comic. Like that's that I think is the big like thumbs up of what they did is that like we're an outcast. You can turn the page and look at the scenes on the on the television and they match right. Mm-hmm. The whole pilot had the feel of the comics without duplicating the comic and our space drove me crazy in the comics and i actually am watching and i'm like i kind of like him i love that kid 
I love that. I want to see. I want an R space spinoff already. <laughs> I just, I just I want to see him be a super nice. <laughs> I do too. I would take an R space figure. Can Can Funko make an R space? He can. Hey, he could be. He could be a Pez dispenser. <laughs> oh god, that would be so bad. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, he's just the sweetest kid. I and I think that's perfect. I think that's the that's the greatest counterbalance to the rest of the characters in the show to have this totally sympathetic, totally in, in a lot of ways relatable character yeah. where your heart just goes out to him. Like I wanted I wanted to I wanted to hold him. I just wanted to hug him for the rest of the day and say, <laughs> "Don't worry. Don't worry our space. I will take care of you." What? That's I'll take you to church, buddy. <laughs> That's the other cool thing about it too is that it wasn't beat your over beat you over the head funny, but they put little subtle jokes in it that like so you've got this gory scene playing out on the plane, and he crams the bottle into the guy and then starts filling up his water <laughs> bottle with blood. Like it was it was so minor, but it was like double over laughing. And then like yep. when they're sitting there and the news is playing in the background, it's like Tom Cruise exploded doing a story. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. like it's like these subtle. little subtle jokes, yep. you know? And and it, it's gory. Like it's it's not for the weak at heart by any means. But that's the other cool thing is that like people I work with, I, I'm like, did you watch Preacher? And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, I can't explain it. Just watch it. And they come in and they're like, that's the weirdest show. When's the next episode? And then like stay like friends, a friend of mine who's like a stay at home mom is like, I love that show. You know, and I'm expecting her to go. Eh, it's a little bit too, too much for me. She's just like, that show's amazing. Um, so it, it spans the spectrum of everybody seems to love it. So uh, I hope they keep the momentum because it is. I, I would not have expected this from uh, Evan Goldberg and, and Seth Rogen, like at all. Yeah. Well, Seth Rogen makes me makes me nervous just because of what was it, Green Lantern? But Green Hornet. Green, Green Hornet. Hornet. Green Hornet. Hornet. I put that in my review too. Like I saw what he did when he adapted source material. And it yeah. did not go over well because he changed it. He didn't stay true to the foundation. And he also put and himself so, in it. And he put himself in it. Um, but I like—I mean, I like Seth Rogen. I like his movies, most of his movies. Hmm. He doesn't—he doesn't annoy me, as I know he annoys other people. But definitely, when I when when it was his name on it. And it was Preacher. I stopped for a second and thought, you know, I've heard of the comic Preacher, but it must not be the comic Preacher that I've heard about because this is this is uh, Seth Rogen. And there's no way he's going to adapt material like that. And I was very pleasantly surprised they directed the first episode, and I thought they did a great job. Super pumped. Can't wait for the next one. There you go. Yeah, and I'm can, uh... Uh, my new favorite actor is uh, that Joseph Gilgun who plays, plays uh, Cassidy. I'd never seen him before. Oh, his smile was so great. Oh, he smiles like Cassidy. Yeah, he's just suave. He's just, you know, he's punk rock crazy. It's uh, I'm he's he's definitely going on my to watch list. There you go. All right. So you can check out Johnny's preacher reviews every week. Tomakeekdom.com for all of that awesomeness. Um, That's it. We're going to wrap up the show now. Uh, We have one kind of big announcement. We have a giveaway to announce that we're only announcing on the podcast. Uh, you can win very easily. Uh, we're doing this in conjunction with our cosplay friend, Ashley, at Lost, Lost Weasley Kid, which we talked to, interviewed a while back, and stayed in contact with because she's awesome. She sent us one of the prints of her 
Batgirl cosplay, and she autographed it and everything, and we're going to send it to one winner. And the way to win is very easy. You follow us at Atomic Geekdom, and you follow her at Lost Weasley Kid. Weasley, like the, the Perry Potter character. Mm. Uh, follow us both, and tweet at us both. You know, so you at mentioned both of us in the same tweet. Something from this episode. So you have to mention something from this episode to be counted as a winner, or to be counted to win this print. And we'll announce the winner during our next week's episode of The Geek Out. So there you go. You must listen to the podcast to win. Um, <laughs> and I'll tweet out a picture of what, what print I'm talking about. She, her Batgirl is one of her best, and one of the best Batgirls I've ever seen. So it's it's well Hashtag worth it. Hashtag cosplay. Plus, she's awesome. Jenny Metter at WonderCon, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think it was WonderCon. Very, yeah, very one of the sh- conventions. Very short, Ashley. Um, I think that's what the first thing you said to me when you met her is <laughs> that she's extremely short. Well, it made me feel at home because usually everybody I meet, especially who do costumes, I'm I'm a whopping five three. Like I am not tall at all, and I'm usually at least four or five, you know, inches underneath somebody. So I was like, "Hey, I can see your eyes." <laughs> Uh, so yes, follow us at Atomic Kingdom and follow her at Lost Weasley Kid, and that's and tweet at us at mention both of us, probably us first, then her, so that we see it. Uh, just anything from this episode that you thought was funny, you enjoyed, hated, whatever. Uh, just a comment, maybe the word supposedly or national treasure. <laughs> you know, we gave you, we gave you lots of little bites to choose from uh, unknowingly. Uh, you can follow Ashley on Snapchat at Lost Weasley Kid or on Instagram at Lost Weasley Child. And she's on Facebook too, just Lost Weasley Child. So you can find her there as well. Uh, give her some love. She's awesome. She's got a store too. If you don't win, you can buy some of these prints. She does a great Gwenpool pot cosplay, which is kind of a newer thing. Uh, the Gwenpool character. She looks great and it, very cool. So that's our giveaway this time. Uh, a signed print from her. She was cool enough to do that for us. And we're going to have her on some podcasts eventually. She wants to kind of uh, join us, as it were. We might be doing more shows, uh, spin-off type stuff, where it's not just Atomic Kingdom, where we do other things, like show wrap-ups after each episode or, you know, other stuff. Things are in the works for all you fine people that like to listen to things. Um, yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, Justin, are you still here? Yeah. Okay, thought we lost you for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, you did for a second. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, two Broke Geeks, you can find them at AtomicKeeps.com and on iTunes. On Twitter, you guys are at? At 2BGPod. And your latest episode, you guys talked all about X-Men Apocalypse, right? X- X-Men Apocalypse, and we threw in some other stuff, and I think I talked to another, like, almost poop my pants story, I think. There you go. A classic Justin poop my pants story. <laughs> Dude, no, oh no, it's not that. It's the, um, it's, uh, I talk about, I did a hypnosis therapy session. Oh yes. I wanted to hear all about that. I heard the tease about it. I got to hear this. Ooh. I can't wait. Uh, so yes, two broke geeks, check them out. They're on Facebook as well. You can find them there. Subscribe on iTunes to listen to their podcast. Very funny stuff. They were featured on a Kevin Smith podcast. That's how cool they are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jenny, you're here on the show, which of course, finally, which (laughs) everyone's been filling in for you, but you get the last word on today's podcast. And the last word today is, uh, blunderbuss.